Club Nation, it's your boy Johnny here today. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for joining the show. We're doing a Thursday night preview, just a little quick one for you. Go over a couple of props on the up and coming game between the New York Giants going to Santa Clara to face the San Francisco 49ers. Should be an excellent game. No Sully with us today. Hope he's doing well. He's uh, moving a bunch of uh, furniture around the city of Toronto at the moment. He'll be back, though, next episode for our Sunday Slate show. That's going to be a really, really good one. But I did want to just start doing a couple more sort of Thursday night preview shows. Quick ones that we can talk about a couple of prop ideas that I have. Um, If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to this. That helps us out a lot. If you're following us on Twitter, please uh, retweet this or I believe they call it Twix now. Sorry about that. My dog was just going nuts at the delivery driver at the door. Should all be fine now. Let's jump into the game. I'm going to share my spreadsheet if you're watching us on YouTube. If you're not, if you're on uh, listening on Apple or Spotify, uh, I'll try and be as descriptive as possible. I've started doing a little bit of a different thing here. You might be familiar with my prop sheet. One of the things I'm doing differently this season for a change is I want to start tracking um, how teams were performing against defenses on the other side. So I've still got over on the far left side here, you can see the money line spreads, the over-unders, and then the teams to score in each quarter, which we might get to in a second with the San Francisco 49ers. But then I've got um, the opposing quarterbacks, running backs, wide receiver one and two, and tight end. And the purpose of this is I want to try and see if there's any sort of trend or something we can look at where uh, the betting books are looking at the expectation of the lines that they're setting and then the team's constantly going over or under. It might be a bunch of bullshit. It might be a bunch of nothing, but we'll see. There's some interesting ones when we get to the 49ers. Um, There's really not too much to take away at this stage with the Giants because obviously remember in week one with the Cowboys, they got blown out by special teams and defensive touchdowns, and that makes it really difficult to um, track trends correctly, which is why we love football so much because it's so unpredictable. Uh, And then obviously last week, was an absolutely nuts game uh, against the Cardinals where they had still gone six quarters without scoring any points at all and then completely turned it around. Jonathan Gannon must have got an earful at halftime to say uh, that the Cardinals were playing a little bit too well and can we take it a bit easier because that one certainly turned around. If we get to the 49ers, though, there are a few neat little trends that are starting to develop. The team to score in each quarter is a game prop that I quite like. You can find it on a few um, books. I find it on points bet. And what we can start to see is they're actually starting to put up decent scores. Um, Obviously, week one was against the Steelers. So the Steelers had a really rough go at it against them, against the 49ers. Um, And then last week against the Rams. So the Rams, we weren't expecting too much from them at the start of the year, but that's all changed a little bit now. And we're sort of starting to see Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell playing way better than we expected. Um, And even Kyron Williams, now that uh, it was just announced a couple hours ago that Cam Akers is being shipped off to the Vikings. So a couple of interesting things to look at there. We can see that both quarterbacks uh, surpassed their passing yardage total. Not sure if I'm keen on that for Daniel Jones. This uh, under one and a half passing touchdowns could be interesting to look at. But I think that because the 49ers get out to such big leads, it's forcing other quarterbacks to pass the ball more, to make more attempts, and they're even getting more completions out of it. So just a couple of uh, interesting trends there before we jump into the quarterbacks. Um, Before we get there, though, 
couple of injury updates, um, which could definitely determine and fluctuate what we're seeing here. So Brandon Ayuk is questionable for this particular game. He is dealing, he avoided a shoulder injury, which is great to see. Um, however, he we're unsure at this age if he's going to play. It will have a pretty big impact on the other receivers and what we can expect to see from them on the 49ers side of the ball. Um, and then the other one, of course, is Saquon Barkley will not be playing. He's going to be missing a few weeks. Matt Breida will step in, which is interesting in a semi-slight revenge game for Matt Breida. I know it's been a few years since he was on the 49ers, but um, we haven't actually seen a lot from Matt Breida as well this season. So we'll have to see how he is utilized uh, in this particular game. Again, tough matchup against the 49ers. Uh, just a quick word on Team DVOA, which we've talked about in the past. San Francisco is currently ranked number two in total Team DVOA uh, only behind the Cowboys, who are also playing really well, just in front of the Bills and the Dolphins. So we can expect this team to be very, very good. At the bottom on 32nd is the New York Giants, who have not been playing very well at all, which I think we've seen in the first six quarters, as I just mentioned. Um, luckily, they were able to piece some things together in the end, but it's not looking good for the Giants in terms of total uh, team DVOA. Offensively, if we look at the 49ers, they are still second in offensive DVOA, just behind the Dolphins and just in front of the Chargers, which is interesting to see. And then we have the Giants. They're ranked 28, uh, which is probably going to be a bit of a problem for them there against one of the better defenses as well. And then, of course, if we look at the 49ers' total uh, defensive DVOA, a little bit less, they're currently ranked 6. So they've got the uh, Ravens, Saints, Bills, Browns, and Cowboys in front of them there. So a few things to work on, but I think it was probably due to that um, semi-shootout between the 49ers and the Rams on the weekend. And then the Giants are ranked down at 28th or 27th, if I'm seeing that correctly. So obviously 49ers are the heavily favorited team here. They're currently going in as... Minus 10 and a half point favorites. And uh, part of me feels like that's probably not even enough. I think it could blow past two touchdowns. So we'll have to see what happens there. Over-under is at 44 as well. The weather, we expect the weather to be perfect. It's going to be 20 degrees at kickoff. Going to be no chance of rain. There's going to be a little bit of wind, but not more than, not any more than usual. Um all right, so let's get into a couple of the uh, props that I'm looking at. Let's start with the quarterbacks. Daniel Jones, I got to say, there's not really too much on this side of the ball that I'm targeting. Um, you could potentially get me for just the less than one and a half passing touchdowns, although that's probably going to start losing a bit of value. Might not be worth it in the end. I am expecting the 49ers to sort of get out to a fairly decent lead, which is going to force the um, Giants to keep pace with them. So I, it's hard to say. I I prefer the overs for Daniel Jones in this instance uh, for passing attempts and passing completions, but I'm not betting it. There's no way. Um, I, we, we have absolutely no idea how the game script is going to go there. Even his rushing yardage props, we talked about the team defense. The 49ers are very good. They're at home. Uh, it has increased ever so slightly over the first couple of weeks to where it is at now at 40. I'm staying away from that one. Over to Brock Purdy on the other side of the ball. The one that I've highlighted here is Brock Purdy's passing touchdowns. He has in every single career game, except for last week, 
scored two passing touchdowns pretty much always. Given how bad the Giants' defense is that we've seen over the first couple of weeks, I think that this trend will probably continue. I think they're going to utilize Christian McCaffrey a lot. Even with Brandon Ayuk out, They still Kyle Shanahan will still find ways to get Brock Purdy the ball. So I'm quite favorable to go back to that one. Um, the other ones I'm looking at, so passing attempts and passing completions, these have opened it, the passing attempts opened at 29 and a half. That's now gone down to 28 and a half. And I think it could even trend further down. Like I was saying, if the 49ers get out to a big lead, they're not going to need to rely on Brock Purdy to throw the ball too much. And he's never been high outside of one game last year against Las Vegas in regular season. He's never been a huge uh, stat guy in terms of attempts, completions, and passing yardage as well. As I've said before, Kyle Shanahan, he knows how to get Brock Purdy uh, the best out of him, and I think he'll probably do so against the Giants this Thursday night. So let's move over now to the running backs. Um, So as briefly mentioned, we're not going to see any of Saquon Barkley injured himself at the end of last game. We are going to see Matt Breeder in his place. He's currently getting about 35 and a half rushing yards. Um, I'm staying away from it. I prefer to see how running backs are generally used first before I jump into anything there. Christian McCaffrey is an interesting play here because he's been fairly consistent in all of his props. His rushing yardage and attempts, he's gone over and scrimmage yards. And then his receiving yards and receptions, he's either gone under or he's managed to hit, depending on which book you're looking at. So I don't mind, even though it's at 80 and a half rushing yards, I think this is going to be a very big Christian McCaffrey game, particularly if Brandon Ayuk is out. Even if he's not, though, I think this is still pretty safe. So I'm kind of interested in Christian McCaffrey over 80 and a half rushing yards. I generally, if you've listened to other episodes in the past, stay away from the total scrimmage yards. Usually you have to buy an extra five yards there. I'm not a huge fan of that. I'd rather lean receiving yardage or rushing yardage. With running backs, you can rely a bit more heavily on receptions than you can with wide receivers because they're closer to the line of scrimmage. Um, But for the most part, I think this is a good number. I'm staying away from the rushing attempts just because, again, if the 49ers get out to a big lead, I can see a world in which uh, McCaffrey gets limited playing time in the second half, and then they start to bring in Elijah Mitchell, who is getting 30 and a half rushing yards. Staying away from that because they just haven't used uh, Elijah Mitchell at all really this season either. Okay, jumping over to the wide receivers side of things now for the New York Giants. So we are looking at a complete, this is what we like to call a shit show. We do not know who the primary receiver is. We do not know who the secondary option is. And every week, every stat is different from the last. Um, The only things that we can see are consistent is there's been a big expectation of Sterling Shepard to be involved. He hasn't been. Darius Slayton's been up and down. Paris Campbell's been hard to predict. Jalen Hyde has had some deep balls. Again, a lot of this is um, predicated on the fact that against the Cardinals in the second half, they started putting an actual semblance of an offense together. Had they not, though, wow, all of these would have been red, so there would have been absolutely no consistency. The the player that is interesting to look at is Darren Waller, though, for 50.5 receiving yards and and 4.5 receptions. Now, I'm not going to bet either of these because if we actually have a look at how San Francisco has been going against the tight ends and their expectations, Pat Fryermuth, they were able to shut down. Zach Ertz, Trey McBride, take your pick. 
they were able to shut them down. So not getting a huge amount of production from those tight ends. So that's where I'm sort of leaning that I would rather stay away from Darren Waller. I think they're going to be able to get a lot of pressure on Daniel Jones. So if anything, the Giants receivers, I'm looking at the unders particularly. But again, there's nothing really concrete. Maybe Paris Campbell, maybe Darius uh, Slayton there could be the way to go. Let's just finally now jump over to the uh, 49ers receiving option. So as I was saying at the start of the show, we don't know the status of Brandon Ayuk. I'm sure some lines will come in if it is uh, revealed that he is going to play. If he is going to play, I actually don't happen to mind betting the overs, depending on what they are. Probably wouldn't go past 65. But given he didn't make his props last week because he missed most of the game due to injury, he got injured at the start of the game. He sort of missed the second quarter. And then he was sort of coming and going. He wasn't playing at 100%. I'd be surprised if he played, but also I can see it as well. I think that this also does bode well for Debo Samuel, who I'm staying away from any rushing um, props that he has. However, I will say if you do happen to see receiving 55 and a half, I think is a great number. Five and a half receptions, no way. One thing you ought to remember about Debo Samuel is he is a yards after the catch king. He's probably one of the best in the league to be doing it. Uh, there's no way I'm going to bet him for six receptions. So 55 and a half receiving yards is really, really nice. I really feels good about that one. And then lastly, George Kittle. Um, look, I'm not going there. Four and a half. For George Kittle to get five catches, I'm sure it's possible, especially against the Giants. I'm not particularly keen on it for myself, though. So um, we'll, I, I need to see more out of this. I need to see if this is a trend or if this is going to continue to, um, if, if it could be different. Hopefully it is. The only last things that I wanted to have a quick look at, I had jotted down a couple of longest rushing props. So Christian McCaffrey, longest rush is getting 17 and a half. Daniel Jones getting 12 and a half. Eli Mitchell, 11 and a half. And Matt Breida, 10 and a half. The 17 and a half for Christian McCaffrey, it's not a bad number to bet the over on. Daniel Jones and Eli Mitchell, I would definitely be looking to bet the unders on those. Um, I probably wouldn't be looking at Daniel Jones. It'd probably be an Eli Mitchell thing. But again, if he gets a lot of playing time in the fourth, you don't know what could happen there. So just be careful of that. But Christian McCaffrey, over 17 and a half uh, rushing yards for the longest rushing um, prop. I'm into it. All right, that's going to do it for this show today. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe. Really, really helps us out. I'm going to be back with Sully later in the week. We're going to be breaking down the Sunday slate. It's a couple of really, really good games, and we've had a lot of uh, success with a lot of props that we've put forward so far. We'll see if Sally has another Puka Nakua one for us. But until then, enjoy your weekend ahead. Enjoy your rest of the working week. Hope this is enjoyable for you. We'll catch you soon. Catch you later. Yeah.